Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Women Who Rock With Success, which is an award-winning show for professional women. We profile a collective of amazing women who are thriving to build their brand. Women are handpicked in various fields who can provide credible information to build your business and lifestyle. We are live each Thursday at 9 a.m. Central Time, followed by our latest brand, Women Who Rock Investigates. To learn more about us, go to our website at www.womenwhorockwithsuccess.com. Now, let's join our podcast host in the studio, Mrs. Diane Winbush. Good morning, everybody, and thank you for tuning in uh, to another episode of Women Who Rock With Success. And, of course, we have some amazing women that are on the platform to be able to share their brand, their expertise, their business, their resources, and their tools. And then you also get an opportunity after the show to be able to network. Yes, you'll be able to network and then participate with any um, uh, master classes or um, live productions that they are sponsoring uh, for the public sector. So today we're going to continue to be talking about business. I think that's what we kind of been talking about the entire summer, uh, along with uh, some other um, uh, art and entertainment um, actresses and authors and what have you. So uh, July and August, I think it's going to be the biggest months that we have, basically in in regards to um, branding, uh, business management and business strategies. And so today we have a wonderful guest in the studio with us that's going to be talking about um, our business and how she helped entrepreneurs to be able to thrive to their highest peak. And so good morning and welcome to the show, uh, Mrs. Lamore Bergman-Gross. Hi, Diane. Pleasure to be here. Great. We're so happy to have you with us today and everyone um uh, Lamore is actually from Israel. So guess what? Yay, that's kudos. We love it when we have international guests on the show. So anyway, to make a long story short, we're going to get started. And uh, kind of talk to us a little bit about, um, I guess, uh, a little bit about you. Uh, what were some of the um, ideas or creative thoughts that brought you to this point as to want to be able to help individuals in the field of business and to be able to help their business to thrive? Absolutely. So my background is actually uh, working in tech. So I used to work as a software engineer and grew into leadership positions. And uh, at some point, I really wanted to make an impact in supporting, especially women, in the tech industry. And that's how it all started for me. Okay. Okay. Great. Okay. So it's just uh, you just had a had a desire just to wanted to help women from the start. Yeah, I mean, at all levels, to be honest, I work with women that are at the beginning of their careers, they are mid-level seniors, executives, and founders, and I decided to make that change about two and a half years ago upon returning here to Israel. I used to live in the U.S. for nine years, and decided that changing a country is an excellent opportunity also to change what I'm doing. Oh, wow. Okay. So you were the United States American. Oh, wow. Okay. That's wonderful. Okay. So um, let's talk about uh, your diversity. So um, everyone uh, speaks about the diversity and inclusion, but implementing implementing is not clear. So how can companies build an exclusive culture? 
Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. Everyone talks about it. <laughs> Not so many companies are actually uh, putting their words where their mouth at, right? I mean, uh, uh, because it's hard. It's hard. And I've been there. And I've been there. I've done that. Um, I think it starts with uh, intention first to really want to make a difference, to really want to have an inclusive culture. And then really um, making an effort. And an effort can include also spending money. So, for example, when I started, um, you know, I wanted to hire more women to my organization when I was a director of engineering. It was not easy. Uh, but I found a company that I also work with today called power to fly and power to fly okay. helped us build a brand as an inclusive employer and helped us hire women. So really taking a, a step forward and being intentional and either spend money to have someone to help you or to find and allocate the resources to do that. Okay. Okay, so kind of tell us a little bit about the differentiality between the United States. Of course, you know, women here in the United States started working in the workforce in the 1960s, unfortunately. And so yeah. women continue to grow in the tech world, in the business world, the digital world, and also in the corporate world. So versus, um, I guess, um, as in your country, in Israel, kind of tell us a little bit that you may see a little bit different versus here in the U U.S. One thing that they noticed, and this is a huge generalization, it really depends, right? But I noticed, I mean, uh, uh, here, first of all, um, most women are working. And this is a lot, uh, a lot of times due to financial need, right? There need to be two people that support the family. And when moving to the United States, I was actually quite surprised to see many households that have a single person, you know, um, working. Usually it was the man. And not to say, again, it's a huge generalization. I know many women are working, but I was seeing many families that women were stay-at-home moms. And, and to be said that there are also a lot of stay-at-home dads because it was mm -hmm. financially possible for them to do so. It's not a bad thing. Yeah. I was just surprised to see that. Right. Okay. So, uh, okay, so a stay-at-home dad, you were kind of surprised to see that here in the U.S. or in Israel? In the U.S., I was surprised to see that, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And and it's it's great that people can do that, but then the challenge that they see uh, for those people is returning back to the workforce when, you right. know, they don't need to take care of whatever kids or maybe support an elderly family member and then returning to work after several years of break is is not easy for them okay yeah yeah and um of course here in the united states there perhaps may be a lot of um stay-at-home fathers due to um we had a economic crash of course uh, you know you perhaps maybe was here in the states then at the time um and that was in 2008, and then, of course, we had the coronavirus uh, uh, era that occurred here, which occurred basically all over the world, 
And so um, that kind of pushed a lot of fathers back in at home as well because of the loss of their jobs. So, yeah, it's kind of interesting. Uh, we, you know, interview individuals from the U.K., British, London, uh, Australia, and what have you. And so it's kind of interesting to be able to hear the diversities of how the uh, workforce and the tech world um, kind of coincide or co-mingle together. So, you know, we just kind of wanted to get a, a basis on both sides of the fence and uh yeah, that's that's very very great. So um, wondered, and, uh, so we're going to talk about teams now. I know you were talking about you had built a team as well, and then so the next question is going to be what are some of the best strategies to manage remote team effectively? Um, we had a guest on the show um, last week, and and she was an attorney, and uh, this was on another episode, of course, um, and so um, she was able to build her law firm. <laughs> from a virtual law firm. And so um, in regards to that, um, she was able to uh, build a team. She was able to build a team uh, virtually remote, and she was able to um, uh, continue to be able to uh, thrive in her law firm. So this is very, very important as to when a entrepreneur or professional has their own um, um, uh, team, whether it's uh, brick and mortar or whether it is um, uh, remote or whether it's virtual, um, it's very, very important as to how to manage and choose and select those teams. So that would be the next question. We would like to, for you to be to share a little information with the audience about that and some of the strategies to ma- manage a remote team effectively. Absolutely. Uh, I, to be honest, I started to work fully remote at the beginning of 2016. And mm-hmm. I did not believe it is possible <laughs> at first. Okay. Um, I think it starts with the culture, first of all. I mean, depending on how big is your business, if it's just a small business or a large business, you need to have the culture of working remote as remote first mm-hmm. because one of the challenges is if you try to hire some people remote but the other people are in office and then it creates disconnect between people who are remote and they feel excluded. Mm-hmm. You need to have processes in place, a good hiring process that will include what kind of steps you need to to have in your interview process, who interviews you, on, on what topics, what are the key metrics you want them to check during the interview. So you really are able to analyze uh, and, and understand if someone you interview is a good fit, just because it's a little bit harder when it, it, the first times I remember it was really hard for me to hire people that I've never met before. But as you build the hiring process and you do it, the more you do it, you, you get used to it and you see that it yeah. is possible. Uh, obviously, I was always insisting on having video interviews uh, and not just <laughs> voice interviews just because I wanted to mm-hmm. see the person also on camera and, and see who they are. And And when you onboard someone you need to build also an onboarding process for them so they can feel connected to the company to the people to be able to meet people you need to make an extra effort to make sure that they meet all the relevant people that they need to work with even if they don't need to work with them directly on a daily basis just because it's harder to get to know people when you're not in the same office so I used to build a 30 60 90 days plan for every person I was hiring and I was asking managers that reported to me to do the same for their teams. And that helps someone who just gets started 
to know what is expected from them and also to have the structure for them to meet the different people that they need to meet. Okay, okay. And so in regards to that, we're going to stay right there on that same topic, but we're going to um, ask this question as to uh, the relationship, as to how to be a relationship. So, you know, sometimes when we are in a business, sometimes it can be difficult for individuals to be able to build a positive uh, uh, team remote. Uh, sometimes it may be difficult for team members to be able to trust, I guess, their supervisor. So and when, you know, when you're starting a business or when you already have a pre-existing corporation, what are some of the, uh, um, uh, I guess, factors that play when you're trying to build a relationship with your team? To me, it's always about people, right? To realize that there is a person, uh, you know, that works with you. And it's not just about yield and what they do for you. I mean, assuming you're a business owner or a manager, it's not just they need to deliver something. They are people and you need to connect with them as people to be truly and genuinely interested in them and understand their challenges. Don't make assumptions. Really be interested in their lives and uh, in their struggles. A lot of times we tend to make a lot of assumptions if someone is not behaving in a way that we expect them to. So instead of, of just judging them and making an assumption, be curious to understand no, I'm not suggesting to pry in their personal lives, but just be interested mm-hmm. as much as they are willing to share in their life and what's going on and and be empathetic uh, to their life situations. And do the same. I mean, I, I found that uh, when you are showing your case as a human being, exposing some challenges that you have, again, as much as you feel comfortable doing so, people can connect to you much better because they see you as a person and not just as a business owner or as a manager. Right. Okay. Okay. So what about that uh with the same question? What about what about if the if the team member or employee or stakeholder is an introvert. So how would you be able to approach that uh, type of, you know, because you have some individuals, they have a, a certain style, they, you know, so I'm just wanted to look, I got the, I have the professionalism, I have all of the, 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 um, the um, critique, I got the articulation, I got everything it takes for this job. But how does the manager be able to manage a stakeholder or an employee that has a introvert type of personality. Yeah, obviously it's a, it can be challenging if the person is very introverted. Uh, but I work with a lot of, I mean, in engineering, most people are more introverted than extroverted. So I think mm-hmm. that building the one-on-one relationships and insisting, uh, uh, in times I needed to insist of having regular one-on-one check-ins every week, although some people in my team thought maybe it's not necessary because it was important for me to build a trust and relationship with those people. And as I said, you know, when you start a conversation with someone, just don't just dive into the status and all the details about the work. First, try to see what's going on in their life. How have their, you know, how was their last week? How was their weekend? Try to share a little bit about you. Uh, and it takes time. Depending on the personality, it takes time. It's not something that happens overnight. 
But if you really invest in, in that relationship consistently, eventually they will open up to whatever degree that they can, right? I mean, every person is different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, because now not only do we see that type of strategy when it, you know, when it comes to um, employee-employer, but we also see it as customer and employer as well, because sometimes if a, if a, um, a company, you know, you walk into an AT&T um, company or something like that, or you walk into a bank or something, and if they see that you're shy, they will do whatever some customer, well, some stakeholders, they'll do whatever it takes to be able to open that person up to be able to um, engage a relationship with them, you know, as a, I guess, you know, it's not them thanking you for, for, for you banking with them, of course, but sometimes you will have corporations that will try to build relationships as well as with their customers. So um, I think that's very, very important. So great answer, great answer. So share some tips that you would uh, like um, in reference to building uh, a personal brand. We're going to talk, be talking about social media now, personal brand with LinkedIn. A lot of times, mm-hmm. social media, it's really how we are, you know, orchestrate, manage, how we uh, co-mingle on social media. You know, we've had several, several, several um, um, events this year uh, virtually um, in regards uh, to that. And while we've had speakers to come on to the show and share, you know, about social media, social media marketing, and what have you. So now when it comes to, uh, you know, with, we're still talking about tech, you know, um, yeah, share some tips, uh, you know, with the um, audience is how to build a personal brand, um, even on social media, such as LinkedIn. And we're not talking about Facebook. LinkedIn is a little bit on a high professional um, platform where individuals can be able to uh, find jobs. They can be able to get noticed for a job. They can also be able to share different, um, take for instance, uh, my profile deals with public relations and individuals um, that are in that type of field. So what would you suggest um, to professional women in regards to how to build their personal brand on LinkedIn? Yeah, so first of all, it starts with building a profile that matches their skills and what they want to do. A lot of times people tend to just, list what they're doing today and not think about their strategy and their, you know, professional growth. So usually women mm-hmm. I work with, I try to understand what, in what areas they want to develop themselves and make sure to highlight the skills that they have that are relevant to what they would like to evolve in the future, which may be slightly different mm-hmm. or completely different from what they're doing today. So first of all, building really a solid profile that will include obviously their picture, background picture, a good headline, summary, and feature all their work and all their accomplishments. Focus on mm-hmm. accomplishments and how they made a difference rather than listing their responsibilities. And and then, I mean, the next level would be to really engage in the platform. And although, as you mentioned, it's not Facebook and it's professional network, but we have to remember it's people connecting with people. So mm-hmm. I always talk you know, advise people to not shy away from being themselves. It's not mm-hmm. just all about being so uh, professional all the time. Sometimes when you talk okay. about things that are happening in your life, some challenges that you have, that can help people connect to you and share share stuff that are going on and mm-hmm. also bring value to others by sharing challenges and how you overcome that. 
And the more you share content, the more you build yourself as a subject matter expert in the field that you are publishing content on. So it can be on product, it can be on you know technical stuff, or it can be on other mm-hmm. things, depending on your expertise. Cool. Okay, 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 that's wonderful. Okay, and so delegation, how would we delegate? Share some tips on that. Um, in regards to, um, you know, how the person, how you should delegate, you know, even in regards to your team. Yeah, delegation is always a a challenging subject, especially when people become new managers or when they are getting to the next level in their career. And it's always hard to figure out, okay, things that I've done before, maybe now others can do for me. And I always challenge people to think about, okay, what are the things that are really important for you to achieve in your role? And you feel like you and only you can do them. Or what's the unique value that you can provide versus what are the things that you can do but either provide less value or less, you know, good use of your time uh, or what are the things that you do that others can do just the same, uh, if not even better. And, and usually okay. that stimulates some, some thinking process of, okay, what do I do today? What actually, is it a good use of my time? Uh, would I pay someone the salary that I pay myself or someone pays me to do that kind of uh, work versus higher value work that I can do um, that is much better use, use of my time? For example, in my world, when you become a manager, from engineer to a manager, or from manager to a senior manager or to a director, you tend to want to do all the technical stuff, the day-to-day, the operational stuff, Mm -hmm. and then you neglect Mm -hmm. more the strategic thinking and planning. Uh, But but those are really the value-ads of you as a leader. Uh, So it's always a challenge for new leaders to delegate the day-to-day to others thinking, oh, may, maybe they will not do it as good as I am or uh, I will not be involved in all the details. So usually I try to challenge by taking small steps forward and see what you feel more comfortable uh, putting off from you and, and delegating to others and, and you go from there. Okay, okay, great. So now we're still talking about organization and we want to talk about structure and restructure. So of course... Um, you know, mm-hmm. here in the U.S., individuals have had to restructure a lot. Um, you have a lot of women that have worked the corporate America um, um, platform, and they have had to uh, restructure restructure their business and um, uh, do virtual. And then also, you've had um, women that are in business that are. You know, perhaps have been downsized, you know, and they have had to start all over again. They had to start from the bottom. So, mm-hmm. for example, uh, I think uh, back here uh, several years ago after the economic crash that the U.S. had, we had a, a, you know, the news media, they were downsizing, and so we had a um, 
I think she was a producer, and her job got cut, so she had to go back and redevelop herself all over again. So she couldn't just say, you know, I'm going back to the news desk because the news desk was no no longer there for her position. So they downsized. So how does can a woman uh, restructure her organization? How what can she do? I know we, you know, a lot of people are doing things online now. We had a news lady here in uh, Memphis, Tennessee. She, what she did was. Once the COVID hit, it, it, she had worked for this uh, for NBC for about 15 years, and so once the COVID hit, um, she said no. The COVID gave her some actual, uh, you know, a new look on life, and I think that's what a lot of people are doing. They are revamping a whole lot in the U.S. as yeah. to how they would like to work and their, you know, work play and how they would like to manage it. It just it, it it has it has really reconstructed. So in your terms, with your expertise, Lamore, share with the audience of how to restructure and structure their organization and what are some of the things to consider. I know we all have ideas, but we have to consider some things too before we decide to uh, revamp some things in our organization. Yeah. So are you talking about from the company perspective or from the individual making changes in their careers, Make, making changes in their careers, or we can be able to, if mm-hmm. you have uh, the information for both, we would like for you to be able to share both. Sure. So let's start with the individual. So I think it goes first about um, opening up your mind to different possibilities. A lot of times what happens is that we limit ourselves with, I can do mm-hmm. only that. And and I, I, I was guilty, <laughs> uh, you know, in the mm-hmm. same uh, way of thinking. I was always thinking that there is only one thing that was possible for me was to be an engineering leader. Um, but really when okay. I sat down and, and figure out what are my passions, what is really important for me, my example was to make an impact on women in tech and help them grow and succeed in their careers. What are the things that I'm really good at? And and okay. what you can do, and one strategy that I always ask people to, to do is to ask people in their surrounding. It can be family members, friends, people who know them from their current or previous jobs that they have done, and answer what are their top three strengths or things that they do really well and what are the three things that they feel like they can improve on. And it's very interesting when you get an external perspective from people from different aspects of your life. And that can help you also open up to possibilities and think about, oh, this person said I'm really good with connecting to people. So mm-hmm. build your skills, you know, bucket, right? What are the skills? What are all the skills and knowledge and expertise that you gained um, in your previous roles? What are your passions? What are the really things that you're passionate about? And what value can you bring to the world or to different companies? And try to find a common denominator between the three. Your passions, your skills, and the business needs. And that can just doing that kind of thinking can open you up. You need to be open-minded to new things, to possibilities okay. that you haven't thought about. And okay. doing things differently. Okay. okay. 
So what about a corporation? You know, here, okay, I, can, I can't speak about Israel, but we're going to hit in Israel, too, in, in, a, in a minute. But in, here in the U.S., of course, when we had the 2008 economic crash, and so we had very powerful uh, conglomerates like the Lehman Brothers, uh, GMC. It was a mm-hmm. lot of corporations that had failed, simply because it, and it was on a financial. It was a financial crisis, basically. And so we had the Lehman Brothers, I think one of the um, – I don't know if it was Freddie Mae and Freddie Mac. I think they hit the they hit the plunge as well um, in the in the uh, financial industry. And all of these individuals had to uh, these corporations had to reconstruct. Their. So, what, what are some some of the things that you would like to offer to even corporations? What how could they reconstruct um, um, their business, and w- what would they need to consider on that aspect as well? Because sometimes it's not easy of uh, coming back, or, or or trying to get back from Chapter Seven, Chapter I think uh, the Lehman mm-hmm. Brothers filed Chapter Eleven, uh, GMC I think was uh, maybe Chapter Thirteen, and then um, the government here was giving out bailout packages. Um, so they can be able to stay afloat. Casinos had even plunged, you know, in their uh, business and what have you. With uh, uh, financially, they did. So, um, so uh, once they get a hold to the podcast and also um, uh, the media, um, and they hear, hey, look, we got somebody that's going to be able to share with us as to how to reconstruct. So, share with us, all of us, as to how you would. Um, guide a corporation as to how to reconstruct some things. It it takes a lot to get back from, uh, like I stated before, Chapter 7, Chapter 13, Chapter 11. It's a gradual process, but still, uh, you know, there's still hope and there's still a light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, I think it takes courage and willing to change. I think those are the top things. Uh, See what hasn't worked in the past and how the market looks today and how you need to adjust. Think about, uh, you know, for example, in COVID, we had industries that crashed, like the airline industry, Mm -hmm. the hotel businesses, Airbnb. And think Mm -hmm. about Airbnb, for example, how they took that as an opportunity to divert from just hosting um, people for the night to hosting experiences and doing things virtual. So you Mm -hmm. need to figure out what are the possible what kind of skills that you have what are the core strengths that you have and that you have in your team that you can utilize for today's market and how market is going to evolve you cannot stay stagnated and assume everything will be the same and we see that also in in terms of the workforce Everyone is working, or many people today are working remote, and companies that insist of people coming to the office will lose, will lose because people want to the flexibility. So you need to adjust yourself to the current market situations and figure out what kind of strengths you can offer. What are the things that you can offer based on today's needs that are innovative, that will generate new streams of income? Okay, okay, great. So are there any last uh, factors that you would like to leave with the audience in regards to the tech world or how they can be able to reposition themselves for prop, uh, for uh, uh, for business? So I think just I would like to, 
to leave people with the, the thinking that there is more to them than they think. So basically, there's so many possibilities for each and every one of us to do in this world. And we need to be courageous and understand our value to the world and not be afraid to make changes in, your, in our lives. Even, even though it's scary, be, have the courage to make a change and understand your value and, and what you can do and impact rather than just what you have done till this day. Okay, perfect. So with our last uh, um, uh, question, of course, we do not want you to exit the studio without sharing with the audience of how they can be able to connect with you via website or if you would like for them to follow you on your social media handles or if you have any master classes, um, information that you can be able to share with the audience after the taping, you can be able to do so. You can be able to share um, any links or any uh, publications that you have published books. You can be able to do that at this time. Thank you so much, Diane, for having me. I think the best way for people to contact me would be either via LinkedIn, which is look for me at Limor Bergman. It's linkedin.com slash in slash Limor Bergman or on my website, which is LemoreBergman.com. Okay, wonderful. Lemore, we thank you so much for being with us in the studio today, and we thank you for taking the time out uh, to be our guest all the way from Israel. That is so awesome. And then we were able to get also the tools from the tech world through you of how to be able to rebuild, reconstruct, and then you also shared with, uh, you know, the audience your passion as to why you um, was in the tech world, the corporate, corporate uh, uh, field, and then also you uh, decided to uh, go another uh chapter, you know, in the tech world. And so we thank you so much for doing that. Listeners, you can be able to go with us um, on Thursday, www.womenwhorockwithsuccessmedia.com, or you can find us on Facebook, and you can be able to see who the next guest is. We're also on Instagram as well, and you can be able to see who's coming up next on the show. So once again, Lamar, thank you for being our guest today, and have a wonderful afternoon. Thank you so much for having me, Diane, and have a great day.
according to the Federal Communications Commission podcast guidelines. The views and opinions expressed by our guests are their own, and their appearance on our digital media platforms does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. All guests who embrace our media stations are experts who are licensed in their fields of occupation. All rights reserved. There's only ever two you meet. One who keeps things nice and neat. Silence is their quiet treat. And under every rug they sweep, steering clear of conflict's heat. Then there is a different beast, marching to a savage beat. Takes a sour with the sweet, never takes the path of least. Company that few can keep, followers left in dusty heaps. Take the old way and break it, beat it. These ones leave the rules in pieces. The next generation Ford Ranger Raptor. Coming soon. Are you taking the tissue test? Yep, and my teeth are yellow. I mean, I knew they weren't perfect, but ugh. Oh well, all hope is lost. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly my whitening toothpaste is not cutting it. Time for white strips. Crest Glamorous White White Strips are the only ADA-accepted whitening strips proven to be safe and effective. They work below the enamel surface to whiten 25 times better than a leading whitening toothpaste. Hey, nice smile. Thanks. I crushed the tissue test. <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> Crest, healthy, beautiful smiles for